Hello and welcome to Scientifically Speaking. Sorry to cut off that song, Black Keys. Yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> Damn shame. Well, we're here. We are. Well, a little, little late. Uh, two, two thirds, thirds of, us of us are here. here. <laughs> we are missing uh, Shane, who's currently doing homework. I and think. We're, we're assuming he'll be here at some point, so I guess, scientifically speaking, we'll have to carry on a man down. Oh, no. I'm going to have to be experts and laymen at the same time, and that's we won't have anyone who can speak coherently to explain <laughs> topics we get tri- tripped on. Yeah, that's that's a lot of pressure on us. I don't Stumbled know. Can we handle it? Yeah, we can probably do it. it. I think it'll be fine. This will be fun. All right, Zach. All right. What are we what talking are, about today? What we are talking about today? Genetically. Wait for it. Modify it. Wait for it. Organisms. Ah! GMOs. Oh, GMOs. The definition of a genetically modified organism by the World Health Organization is uh, genetically modified organisms can be defined as organisms, i.e. plants, animals, or microorganisms in which the genetic material, DNA, has been altered in a way that does not occur naturally by mating and or natural recombination. So that last part sounds important. Yeah. Yes, it does. So basically, why are we talking about this today? We're talking about this today because GMOs are a super big issue currently. They're sort of one of the leading science issues, the hot issues of today. Yeah. Looking at them, um, lots of people have problems with GMOs, thinking they're unsafe or unhealthy, that they're unhealthy dangerous or- to the environment. So we're gonna we're gonna look at that, investigate some of those claims, and uh, but first, I think we should like look at why is genetically genetic modification specifically different from one, what one might call more traditional methods of breeding plants. Yeah, how, how does genetic modification, how do GM crops differ from traditional crops? So, let's go into that, right? Should we do that? Or yeah, let's do start that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, definitely. Right. Genetically modified organisms, <clears throat> like we said before, are have DNA that's been altered in a way that does not occur naturally by mating and or natural recombination. What that means is that most of the GMOs that you've heard of are some sort of crop that has a gene from some other organism like a bacteria or something put into its genetic code and then it does the thing that that bacteria did so, so that a lot of these are useful yeah a lot of these are used for um pesticide resistance or um uh uh uh, uh, uh getting all rid of pests that are there yeah and for producing certain vitamins maybe that otherwise <laughs> wouldn't be produced by that plant we're gonna get into that too that's yes. pretty cool <clears throat> so what about traditional breeding? How does that? How do they normally do that? What's the easiest way? Okay, so to when do you get into things? traditional uh, agriculture, what they're actually doing is um, the idea of selective breeding. Selective breeding is so it's kind of how we got dogs, right? So you take a, a dog and you say, okay, I want this quality and this quality and this quality, and so you take the dogs that have those qualities and you breed them, and then you take that offspring and then breed it with another one with the same qualities, and eventually you get a dog that's like has all the qualities that you want. Yep. That's exactly what. Uh, selective breeding in traditional agriculture in traditional agriculture is used for say you want corn that is tasty and grows tall and is healthy and is strong and resists bugs so you breed all the corns that plants that taste good them. and make it through the winter and all that stuff and then you throw out the ones or you don't replant the ones that were terrible and so eventually you're going to get a population of corn plants that are strong and tough and tasty Corn is delicious. I'm pretty sure corn is probably up there on my favorite vegetables. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It's like at it's least pretty good, top I guess. three, I would say. Yeah. Because like broccoli is number one. Yeah. Broccoli is delicious. So, anyway, speaking of corn specifically, um, it looks like about 
of all the corn produced in the United States is genetically modified. What? That much? 88%? Already? Wow, yeah, Damn. we don't have Shane here, so we can't go, wow, wow, yeah. And, and how long has that been? At least four years since this is a stat from 2011 that that is the case. So you've been eating genetically modified corn for more oh, than a few years no. now. How do you feel? Genetically modified corn. I feel like my body is coming apart. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, definitely. That's what it does to you. Except not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what does what do GMOs actually do? Why why do people get in such a tizzy about them? Because they're scary. It's why weird. are they scary? It's like mad science. You're taking these genes and just you're injecting them fish into a tomato or whatever, right? Isn't that what they're doing? <laughs> no, what? Injecting a fish, just a whole fish no, into just a tomato. Its genes. <laughs> fish don't wear jeans, Zach. Oh, in the water. You Smurf. She just call me a smart. I don't know. Is that copyrighted? Can I say that on air? Uh, too late now. Oh no! The FCC is all over our ass. They're waiting to get us. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, the, what are the ways they can actually, like, how do they actually get those genes and things in there? Did you look into that at all? So, the way they do actual like GMOs, for example, is um, so there's a good case. Uh, we're going to talk about golden rice, and that's the example that I'm going to talk about a little bit now. And golden rice is just a variety of rice that has been genetically engineered to contain beta carotene, which is a vitamin A precursor. You know, it's vitamin A. It's a good. It's good for you. We talked about vitamins in our one diets episode, right. right? So it's like good for you. It's a good thing. Uh, vitamin A deficiencies can be super bad. Very bad. So having rice with vitamin A just makes it easy because yeah. they're just like, oh, you can eat rice and get your vitamin a and then you won't go what blind <laughs> yeah it's vitamin a deficiency there's some pretty shitty stuff that so we'll happens. get into yeah, that blindness. later yeah blindness okay. is one of the big ones but um it depends on the um gmo depends on the crop that you're making okay um, because these different genetically modified crops are genetically modified for different purposes some are specifically for pesticide resistance some are engineered to have another vitamin in them so it's all very specific right it's all very very specific they're looking to do a specific thing they're just not mishmashing genes around let's take some of this and put it in here (laughs) see what happens monsanto does it again (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. um all right so let's see what should we move on to next so oh yeah so you're asking like how do they actually put genes into a thing yeah it's kind of a complicated question and it depends but basically you're taking some sort of uh genetic thing so genes genes are classified uh they have little three digit three character names like lyc for a lysine cyclase or something like that yeah those words are not important lysine cyclase it's a, a gene is like a small part of your dna code okay they can isolate and take out and put into the thing I realize that that's not very scientific because <laughs> it's complicated more complicated than I was able to really it looks like there's a there are some dumbed down ways of explaining this just basically here's like a phrase like you can attach a gene to a virus and put that virus in the plant and that will serve that purpose yes so viruses function specifically for that's how viruses get you sick they literally attach to one of your cells and then explode into it (laughs) and just rocket their genetic material into your cell where it mixes with your dna all right can lie in wait for years and so if you put a little genetically engineered thing in there with it it'll just become part of your dna oh that's disturbing yeah viruses are pretty we could do a whole show on viruses maybe maybe anyway so that's yeah. kind of scary. All or right. is it? Or is it? That's or is thing. it? Yeah. It might it's you know, it seems weird, but like it's this is a virus targeted for a specific purpose. Like we can use viruses to help 
cure people's ailments yeah that's they're called vaccines <laughs> which are apparently somehow also scary but mm. that's because people are idiots well yeah anyway <laughs> so actually let's talk about some recent news recent news yeah yep so i'm sure you've all heard of this one as this of is everyone's recently, favorite restaurant right chipotle now chipotle is now officially anti-gmo gm over it yeah that's on their website, on their website. gm over it <sighs> yeah um so i guess i have to find a new giant burrito place because that's kind of stupid <laughs> how many giant burrito places do you like do you have a backup plan i or think you just I, I have heard from some people that there are better places than chipotle i have not tested that claim scientifically yet but <laughs> you have to test it scientifically. yeah exactly i'm glad I'm glad you think that way anyway um, yes so uh they have a few reasons on their website for why they did this so this is a good segue into why people think gmos are a problem scary so their first reason is that um they don't agree that there is a scientific consensus that gmos are in fact safe for human consumption they cite a group of about 300 scientists from around the world who signed a statement rejecting the claim that there's a scientific consensus, um, and they want to see more research conducted. And so as long as there is this lack of consensus that Chipotle thinks there is, they will avoid... What? Mouse. Oh. What? No, this guy. Give me the mouse for the computer, please. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they're avoiding... Oh, boy. They are avoiding um, having their GMOs in their food. Sort of. Uh... Sort of. <laughs> so, the thing is that Chipotle hasn't really gone non-GMO. Yeah, that's the thing. They say, oh, we're GM over it, but really they just nah. changed a couple things around yeah. to look good to their customers. It's definitely a PR move, because when it comes down to it, they've replaced some of their cooking oil, from soybean oil to sunflower oil, and they've replaced their corn <laughs> with non-GMO corn. Wow. Yeah. So, they still sell uh, soda with high fructose corn syrup in it which comes from genetically modified corn and they still sell meat and pretty much all meat uh has genetically modified feed so so it's totally okay for animals to eat gm crops and then we eat those animals but it's not okay for us to eat those gm crops no that'd be terrible right that's stupid yeah yeah, yeah, of course. That just <laughs> makes perfect sense. So, yeah. so basically, Chipotle is making this huge move of like, we're not GMOs anymore. And then there they are. They basically barely changed anything. Yeah. Also, for a stupid reason, like GMOs are... Uh, we'll get into it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out, um, like, there is a scientific consensus about this. Yeah. 88% of scientists in the... Uh, wait, where is it? American Association for the Advancement of Science. It's an American international nonprofit organization with the stated goals of promoting cooperation among scientists, defending scientific freedom, encouraging scientific responsibility, and supporting scientific ed education and science outreach for the betterment of all humanity. Pretty noble goal, I yeah, might say. Yeah, I, I would say that um, that's, that's It's the world's good. largest general science society with 126,995 individual and institutional members. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of people who say that 88, 88% of them yes. said. 88% mm -hmm. of them say... GMOs are good, yo. Yeah. And these are scientists. Yes. And then 300 people from uh, another group says uh, there is no consensus. So um, so it seems... I mean, yeah. <laughs> if we were just talking about people's opinions, yeah, but like the weight of the scientific evidence, there are thousands, literally. This this is very similar to the arguments against like global warming. Yeah. There's no scientific consensus on global warming, except that there totally is. There's All of the scientists are like, yeah, no, all it's the, happening. Yeah. And then the fringe scientists 
with the ones that look at these one-off studies that like don't have good methodology and are a little bit weird and they're like oh look this this is contradictory to these hundred studies it's like that was one study and it was a poorly done study that doesn't that's not how science works you yeah. don't get to compare those two things specifically one of the studies yeah uh, do we have some of these it? studies to yeah. talk about so this is uh the seralini study he basically took a few different groups of rats right uh, in groups of about 10, he fed some of them just regular, their regular feed. Regular feed. What does that mean? Well, um, it was so somewhat... non-genetically modified yes, crops? Yes, non-genetically modified crops. Okay. Yeah. And then he fed some of them uh, genetically modified crops okay. in different amounts, different groups, right? Gotcha. And he fed some of them genetically modified crops and directly the pesticide that is used on those genetically modified crops. What? He like... Wait, explain the pesticide thing again? He fed... He like... In their water put some of the pesticide that is used on these okay modified that's got to be a huge dose of pesticide compared to the average dose that you would ingest yes but why is that a good study well why is that any sort of basically to see he was simultaneously analyzing the carcinogenic effects of um like gm crops by themselves and the pesticides that are on them just okay. to see if there was even an effect from them you know okay uh, just see if there's like a dose response relationship to see if there is a problem even you know even if it's extreme yeah it's okay like sure it could all right be, i'll buy it yeah so um he discovered that the ones that were fed the pesticides and the genetically modified food or just the genetically modified food had more tumors uh than the ones that weren't Mm. However, GM foods give you cancer. Is yeah. that what you're saying? No, it's not what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what he concluded uh, to some degree. Or rather, it increases the risk of can- uh, tumors. Um, so the thing is, the mice used in this study, which are common laboratory mice used very often, um, after like about a year or so, um, they begin to develop high rates of tumors, like disturbingly high, like upwards of 60 and 80 percent. What? Yeah. It's really, really bad. percent tumors? Mm-hmm. That's, and okay, so that's terrifying. Poor rats. The They're recommendations adorable, for using the these type of rats for studies, if you're going to do chemical toxicity studies, uh, the guidelines are about 20 rats per group for each like control group or experimental group, right? 20 each. And for carcinogenicity studies, so that's whether or not things can or cause cancerous, cancer, yeah. um, it recommends about 50 rats. Uh, and he used about 10 per group. Ten. So, yeah. So nowhere close right. to the number of rats needed so to actually prove anything. The results were not signi- statistically significant because there were only 10 rats <laughs> per group. And so it could have been within normal variation so very this easily. Is, so this is a perfect example of shitty science at work. Yeah. And so this paper was retracted. From, really? Uh, yeah, they, totally for- retracted they forced from- him to retract it. Uh, from He what actually journal? refused to retract it. They, and they removed it from the paper. Um, so wow, that's pretty against scientific backlash. Yeah. Uh, so however, it was scientists re- it were was, like, "That was shitty. Don't do that. That yeah. was stupid." The study was republished recently um, in another paper that uh, is not peer reviewed. Ugh. So the worst guy. However, um, one thing that is interesting about this is that like this guy was not accused of fraud or misrepresentation. He just poorly analyzed his data. Yeah. And so it's just it's just not valid science. It's not yeah, good sure. enough. That's all that happened. He's not like a yeah. bad guy. He just you know he's done a lot of these studies though with a similar experiment wasn't very good. Yeah, but all he's done a number of studies and they all have this similar problem of like bad methodology of statistical analysis. It's really strange. This guy Seralini. So I don't know what his deal is. Uh, he's definitely anti-GMO 
and he's uh i mean maybe potentially reaching for yeah he's reaching for some conclusions that you can't actually make out of the data that he has right so it's it's an interesting but that's that is the case if anyone you hear anything like oh yeah it's like roundup ready uh monsanto maize causes cancers (laughs) look all look at all these tumors in these rats because in his paper he showed look at all the tumors these rats that were fed this gm food had and people were like well where are the pictures of the rats that weren't fed the food who probably also had tons <laughs> of awful tumors. Wait, that's actually awful. He only posted. A, he only yes. put up a picture of posted. Yes. Look at me. I think on <laughs> Facebook. Printed. He only prints a picture of tumorous rats. So if anyone quotes the Seralini rat tumor and genetically modified Don't. food study, that's immediately you can just dismiss that argument. <laughs> so Chipotle goes non-GMOs. Yeah. So there's another another so sec- far, section of this. So far, it seems like Chipotle is sort of uh, making a uh, bold claim here. Yeah. So their, uh, their next point is that the cultivation of GMOs can damage the environment. Uh, and they say that evidence suggests that GMOs engineered to produce pesticides or withstand powerful chemical herbicides damage beneficial insect populations and create herbicide-resistant superweeds. Superweeds! So let's talk about superweeds. I'm just picturing like a dandelion in a cape. Yeah, like that would be crime. Cool. That would be great if we could have plants fight crime for us instead of, you know... Uh, well, I don't know. We'd have instead to have of, instead of what? What? I don't know. Instead of like having to worry about putting people's lives on the line, we can just have dandelions and super capes just like flying around tackling criminals. If somebody like lost connection for about like five seconds, it'd be like, what the hell <laughs> did I miss? <laughs> so superweeds. Superweeds is an interesting way to talk about these things because they're. <laughs> is they're it really maybe kind of sensational? A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. So, the definition of a superweed. Or rather, um, like in this case, an herbicide-resistant weed is all it is, is just a weed that has become resistant to a specific type of weed management strategy. Wow, that's so super. Yeah, it's super, super. (laughs) (laughs) One might say. (laughs) So one example of a weed management strategy is to uh, like mow your lawn. (laughs) Um, And in this case, uh, a super weed would be a dandelion that's too short for your lawnmower to cut. Before it has time to put more seeds in the ground. Yeah, sounds terrifying, <laughs> yeah. right? Like super weeds or something. We should like, and you know, extra short dandelions. <laughs> That's the thing, though. When it comes to stuff like this, maybe there is an issue to be brought up in terms of like, what is the environmental impact? Sure, valid point. Definitely. But again, we need to see evidence of you know environmental damage. We need to see that it is actually doing anything. Right. So in this case, the superweeds are weeds that are resistant to herbicides, and specifically, what's the word, Dave? The herbicide glyphosate, 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 which is yeah, glyphosate. glyphosate. We'll go with glyphosate. Sure. Um, this is the primary ingredient in uh, Roundup, which is an herbicide made by Monsanto, right? Is mm-hmm, that, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And it is uh, the herbicide recommended for use on the Roundup Ready corn product crops. Roundup Ready have. means that it is resistant to the herbicide, and so Roundup won't kill the plant that you're trying to grow, but and it will so kill all can, of the other plants. Right. And then so you can use this Roundup stuff and so you know the more you use the same um weed management strategy so the more you use this this single herbicide on everything Mm -hmm. the more that some weeds that survive you know will go on so think about it this way you have a field of weeds dandelions you spray roundup on them spray it and they will come three of all but three of them die now those three are resistant Right? And it's like, okay, well, there's only three of them. Yeah, but now they're the only ones breeding. Yep. So you're going to get a population explosion of resistant weeds. And the interesting thing is... Which is like a problem. This only has to happen 
on some farms because it's a, an extremely heritable trait, this resistance, and it also can be, you know, spread through pollination, all that stuff. And so once one farm has it, a bunch of other farms can have it, and then yeah. it becomes a huge problem. And the stronger, the, the more resistant these weeds are to this herbicide, the more of the herbicide you have to use. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. That's not good. So this is a problem. This is absolutely a problem. The high use of herbicides and pesticides and insecticides on crops is absolutely a problem. A lot of them are However, carcinogenic. A oh, lot no, of them ahead. are like just very bad for you. That's not a GMO problem. That, <laughs> that is, is an herbicide and weed management issue. Yeah, that's entirely... I mean, it's somewhat related to GMOs in terms of like, okay, well, sure, that you're using uh, this herbicide because you have, uh, you know resistant crops that are genetically engineered but it has nothing to the problem that you're creating has nothing to do with the problem of like gmos yeah you could if you it's recommended this problem problem could happen equally on traditional could happen equally likely is equally likely to happen in traditional in fact it did the point of making these roundup ready crops is so like they made this corn roundup ready so they could use glyphosate because it was a better herbicide it was more effective had a lower rate of creation of these herbicide-resistant weeds, and it um, had fewer toxic effects than many of the old herbicides that were used. So it's an improvement. The problem is they still have to use a ton of it because it's the only thing they use because it's the cheapest way to do this. You just spray the crap out of your crop with herbicides. Spray the crap out of your crop? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's why you run into this problem. But like, if you think about it, they could work on making GMOs resistant to other herbicides, to various herbicides at once. It's a harder problem, but like GMOs could be so the solution to this problem. Yeah. So they can't be the problem in that case, right? Exactly. That's that's the thing. Is that this is a very valid issue to be brought up with, you know, talk to Monsanto about it. It's a, it's a valid point, but it has nothing almost nothing to do with GMOs. Like, whether or not GMOs exist have be- has basically no bearing on this problem. Pesticide yeah. is a problem. Herbicide is a problem. GMOs, there's... That's what we're going to be talking about today, a lot of it. This evidence that we're seeing is that there isn't any. <laughs> there yeah. just isn't any evidence of harm. <laughs> that's that's the thing. It's like, a lot of the problems that... A lot of the problems people have with GMOs are big ifs. Like, well, what if it could do this? Well, there's no evidence for it. Yeah, but it could. Yeah. But there's no evidence what for it. What if Monsanto patents this? Well, okay, okay. So that's that's like a patenting issue. That is a, that is <laughs> Again, a that is outside issue. the spectrum of whether or not GMOs are safe. Because, <laughs> yeah, in terms of... So you, there are arguments to be made for sure that, you know, like big agriculture or like big... Big agriculture. Know, all that could be like, you know, the things they do are not so great. But... GMOs, that doesn't mean GMOs are unhealthy. Like, that's that's usually, those arguments usually go hand in hand. Yeah. They're two completely different arguments. Yeah. And one of them is completely invalid. <laughs> There's no science to suggest that GMOs are at all unhealthy. In fact, it's been found that they have equivalent nutritional content to traditionally grown crops. Food. Yeah. Um, so this is the National Institute of Health had... A systematic review of different studies, long-term studies, multi-generational studies, that found no evidence whatsoever of harm from GMOs. Totally safe. Nothing found to say that they are dangerous in any way. So it's just, it becomes a problem of like, you know, politics. You know, like climate change, it's it's a problem of people are like, oh, well, you know, this because of these reasons. But it's like those reasons are not scientific and are not supported by any sort of science. So you, you can't make <laughs> that argument. Yeah. 
So what are ways that GMOs could potentially be harmful? Like what are the what do people say that they do? So a lot of people say that um let me find the uh, uh, the Institute for Responsible Technology, the most comprehensive source of GMO health risk information on the web. Uh, so they're um, pretty much, oh, uh, uh, they have a whole list of stuff that is pretty much entirely bullshit. <laughs> like a lot of the claims they make are just like totally unsourced. They say that uh, it's potentially dangerous because of. Let me see if I can find. Yeah, GMOs are unhealthy. The American Academy of Environmental Medicine urges doctors to pre- prescribe non-GMO diets for all patients. They cite animal studies showing organ damage, gastrointestinal and immune system disorders, accelerated aging, and infertility. Now that's scary, right? Except the American Academy of Environmental Medicine, there are apparently a lot of questions about its legitimacy as an accredited uh, health organization. Yeah, well, that's not good. So right there, we're going to kind of take that with a grain of salt. Um, also, they claim that numerous health problems increased after GMOs were incre- introduced in 1996. They said that Americans, percentage of Americans with three or more chronic illnesses jumped, food allergies skyrocketed, disorders such as autism, reproductive disorder, digestive problems, and others are on the rise. Autism? And it There's says, always autism, right? Yeah. No, Ugh. they actually have a whole section on autism Jesus. on their website. They also say, although there is not sufficient research to confirm that GMOs are a contributing factor... <laughs> Doctor groups such as the AAEM tell us not to wait before we start protecting ourselves and especially our children who are at most who are most at risk. So they're literally <laughs> saying, "Oh man, all this bad stuff is going on. It might not be linked to GMOs, but but don't eat GMOs." Like they have literally providing zero evidence to say that GMOs they are actually. That. Yeah, they, they admit that there is zero that. evidence that GMOs are what the hell? related, even related to any of those. Yo, that's that's messed up. So that's just a huge claim that you just can't make. They also say GMOs contaminate forever. <laughs> GMOs what, is, what does that mean? They pollinate and their seeds travel, and it's like, oh, oh. yeah, sh- sure, I guess. That potentially is a thing, but again, we've seen no evidence that this has happened or is bad. Yeah. Um, all of these genetic engineering creates dangerous side effects. By mixing genes from totally unrelated species, genetic engineering unleashes a host of unpredictable side effects. Except that shit happens literally 24-7. <laughs> all the time. Like we talked about earlier, that's what viruses do. Yeah. They get into, like, you get a cold and you're, you've been genetically modified. And you have a cold. And <laughs> GM foods don't give you colds. So it's it's just these all these arguments are just like sort of vaguely not all there. They just sort of make these really scary claims that and then don't back them up by in any way. Yeah. They so. say that GMOs harm the environment, do not increase do not increase yields, which is blatantly false. Um by avoiding oh man, some of the, they have some very weird arguments. Um there's another group, uh the Union of Concerned Scientists. This is another group cited by the Institute for Responsible Technology. And the Union for Concerned Scientists, you know, make all these claims about like, oh, well, you know, GMO, we're getting reports from farmers who fed their pigs GM crops and their pigs were irritable. Wow. That's unfortunate. Okay. <laughs> uh, Man, my pigs are real pissed at this corn. It's probably the corn, yeah. yeah. It's like, what does that even mean? Do it, Does it actually make pigs irritable? Maybe or, you're just being more maybe irritable it's a bad farmer. and feel like, I this don't is, know, you're again, projecting onto your a, pigs. A group that just, just making all sorts of claims that just 
have no backing whatsoever. <sighs> the Union of Concerned Scientists is really scary because, you know, this is a group that has the potential to do a lot of good in that they're, you know, promoting... A union of Concerned Scientists. Yeah, it's professional scientists. It's, I think, international. And uh, what they do is they just try to promote scientific literacy and uh, <laughs> try to make sure that uh, things go the way they should go and are according to scientific fact and then blatantly ignore scientific procedure and uh. fact in order to push an agenda. Which is like that's probably not, the shittiest yeah, no, thing to do as a union of geez. concerned scientists. We're concerned about our own agenda. <laughs> no, it really is yeah. that. I mean, the same like we said with Chipotle. This this Chipotle. shit is a total Chipotle PR move. Yeah, Chipotle. Absolutely. Actually, um, I after we talked about you know all those all this herbicide use and stuff, and so when Chipotle switched from using. Uh, soybean oil to using things like sunflower oil for cooking um, they didn't really fix the problem so like yeah G- what do you no mean longer- Zach why uh, <laughs> what, what could you be implying there <laughs> they're no longer using genetically modified uh, organisms as food sure um, except that they switched to sunflowers that have been bred using mutation breeding so sorry they switched their soybean oil soybean oil uh-huh. to sunflower, sunflower oil. oil yep and then so they use GMO soybean oil to non-GMO yes. sunflower oil. And then they get the sunflower oil from sunflowers that um, have been bred using mutation breeding. We'll talk about that in a few seconds. Sounds kind of weird. Uh, to be resistant to a different kind of herbicide. Um, and so currently, there are more re- weeds, far more weeds resistant to ALS inhibitors, which is the herbicide they use on uh, these sunflowers, than to Roundup. So ALS has inhibitor herbicides have created a larger problem with super weeds or herbicide resistant weeds more appropriately. <laughs> um, I guess it is easier to say super weeds. Yeah, it's just faster. It yeah. just rolls up fewer syllables. Super weeds, super weeds, super weeds. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like, has that fixed anything? No, they, it seems like they've totally just switched out. Like, it's oh, we're going to say that this is a bad problem and we're going to switch to this problem over here because it's the same. I mean, to be fair, they didn't specifically cite uh, the issue of herbicide resistant weeds as why they were switching it was purely because um actually no it was er- environmental effect yeah it is yeah, it that's was, exactly what was, they claim yeah it was Jeez. environmental effects okay. to genetically modified no that's crops, stupid it's which is stupid. stupid okay <laughs> and so g- genetically modifying things you know people get really scared about it because they don't really understand how it works and it's like you know it's complicated it's not like an easy thing so i understand why it's like you know it's, it's understandable that it's like a complicated thing i mean it's certainly strange and it's not helped when you see you know images of scientists in a white lab coat looking injecting all evil fish injecting into fish into tomatoes exactly and the tomato looks science and the tomato, gone too far the tomato has like a frowny face drawn on it because you know <laughs> oh it's that's so a sad, sad tomato yeah, exactly. oh gmos must be terrible but okay you want to talk about something that actually sounds scary, even though it really isn't also scary? Mutation breeding. Mutation breeding. This is where they literally breed mutants. Is getting They're breeding their mutants. sunflowers for their sunflower oil. Mutant breeding is the use of ionizing radiation, alkylating agents, or other mutagenic, meaning creating mutations, mutagenic. agents that specifically cause mutations in a genetic code. This sort of stuff is used to improve slight defects on crops that are like already elite. So it's used in a way that's not like, you know, this isn't like radically changing the plant. It's just small things. But what they do yeah, is they literally change the genetic code by using like ionizing radiation, which, <laughs> you know, and they change the code to f- fix some sort of problem. It's pretty complicated stuff. It's like high level yeah. biochemistry. D- Dave showed me one of the papers about it. He's like, read this paragraph. Tell me what you think it says. I was like, um... <laughs> 
I that don't was a know. lot of words that I've yeah. never seen before. But yeah, and so it's just this this uh, 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 mutant breeding is used for seedless crops, you know, because they're seedless. So it's you know you can't really like breed them. <laughs> so when you use mutant breeding, you can change their genetic code to you know make them a little bit better um, without actually affecting them a whole lot. And it's not like they'll you know they don't take these mutants. X-Men, these X-Crops. <laughs> X-Crops. That would be hilarious. Okay, so now we've got Superweed and X-Crops. <laughs> X-Crops. <laughs> All right, so we're making a superhero league uh, that that is entirely plants. Yep, yep, yep. I like it. Oh, man. Anyway. So it's not like they just take these, shoot them with radiation, and be like, yeah, this, this is cool. Let's put it into the into the crop supply and see yeah. what happens. No, no. They go, It's heavily okay, tested. We want this effect. Oh, here's one that does that. Let's make sure this is like, it does what we want. Does it do anything else weird? All right. No, we're good. We can put this. So they test it. Yeah. It's, test it's it. not like they just blast it with radiation and go, all right, here's some cancerous dandelion. Oh, cancerous dandelion. That's my new band name. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's, but that's yeah, cool. no. Okay. So you talk about ionizing radiation. When you say get ionizing radiation in your body, it can change your genetic code and potentially give you cancer. Yep. Very bad. So that's what, that's what mutant breeding, like, I don't want to scare people out there and say mutant breeding is like the new scary thing. Cause it's like, okay, it's equally tested and regulated, yeah. like genetically modified organisms are. It's just, this is the kind of thing that, you know, it sounds like this is what people are actually worried about when they talk about GMOs. It sounds like when people are like scared of like, Oh, well, what if this goes into my body? You know, like, okay, it won't, <laughs> but it's just, this is a thing that's again sounds scary, but once you understand it, isn't very scary. So now we've talked about GMOs and how they're really not a big deal, and how mutation breeding is freaky as hell. But again, well tested, not a big deal. What about traditional breeding, Dave? Any weird stuff that could happen with this? Anything dangerous? Traditional breeding. Everyone's always like, okay, no GMOs because we have to use traditional breeding because that's so much better and safer and healthier. Bullshit. Doesn't mean anything. When you have a GMO, you are changing a single gene. You're inserting a gene, you're removing a gene, you're doing something to, or a very few genes. Yeah. When you breed, selectively breed, you're messing with the entire genetic code. You mix a corn stalk that has this quality with a corn stalk that has this quality. Well, this one's tasty, and this one's strong. So if we mix them, they're also strong, really tasty, tasty and strong, right? Okay, sure. But you're also gonna get a whole lot of other shit that's interacting in ways you have no idea about. Hmm. For example, the case of the poison potato. What the f? This is a um, article I read a couple months ago about uh, a Lenape potato invented in 1960. Lenape? Maybe. Is it Actually, like the know. Indians? I don't know. It's probably Lenape, That's a good like question. Lenape Valley. Oh, wow. Look at that. Today yeah. I learned. Yeah. Anyway, this potato <laughs> was specifically um, grown. It was selectively bred to have certain characteristics that make it really good to cook with. Oh, sorry. Native Americans. My bad. <laughs> good, good catch, actually. That's important. Um, it, this is a potato that was made specifically to, you know, be tasty, good to cook with. Um, it was nice and starchy. Um, but... Potatoes are in the family, the family of plants called Solanaceae. Um, this family includes tomatoes, eggplants, tobacco, chili peppers, and deadly nightshade. This is a very intense deadly nightshade. Family. Deadly nightshade with potatoes and tomatoes. Yeah. What? Yeah. Same yeah. family. Of plants, plants are weird. Plants are weird as shit, right? So the thing is, all of the plants in this family create a little chemical called solanine. 
it's a defense mechanism against pests and uh what it's used for is that um insects don't like it it tastes bad or it makes them sick and then they no longer eat that plant and then the plant is safe to grow and uh in a normal potato you won't find a lot of solanine because you know it's, it's a small amount and you don't want a lot in your food but the researchers invented this potato with traditional breeding methods and they invented the lenape potato which has an incredibly high amount of solanine because they mixed and matched things. They just bred, you know, they were like, okay, we want it to be nice and tasty and healthy and starchy. And those genes are linked to genes for high solanine production. And so it just is a very toxic potato. Wow. So toxic. Uh-oh, I don't like, the, I don't like where this Normal is Normal potato. Oh, boy. A russet potato, for example, has 8 milligrams of solanine for a, per 100 grams of actual food. Per 100 grams of potato. A lenape potato has 30 milligrams per 100, millig- per 100 grams of food. That's, that's almost four times as that's much? That's almost four times as much toxic solanine Ugh. as a regular potato, a russet potato. Solanine poisoning in humans can cause vomiting, diarrhea, loss of consciousness, convulsive twitching, and some of the researchers who tried it died. What? People died. People, how do they test this? They just fed it to people? Yeah. Actually, this potato is infamous. It actually uh, basically is the foundation for some of the really heavy testing that the FDA has. Because people Cause died. Because they, did, they didn't test it. Because they didn't really. They just... So that's the thing. We say we think that traditional breeding is somehow, oh, well, we know what we're doing. We have no idea. <laughs> traditional breeding is way more complex than genetic modifications. Yeah, you're totally... Genetic modifications, you're very controlled. You know exactly what you're changing. You're changing one very small thing. Traditional breeding, you're mixing and matching qualities that you think you want and getting a shit ton of other qualities that just are along for the ride. Yeah, and they're they're tied together. You can't separate them unless you go in, grab the gene you want, and know how it works. Well, that'd be that'd just it. be silly. That's got to be scary. Why would you do that? Duh. Duh. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, so, so Fred Gould, an entomologist at NC State, uh, said about the Lenape potatoes, you try breeding potatoes for pest resistance, but you're bringing in a whole chromosome from a wild potato. We found interactions between the wild genomes and the cultivated genomes that actually led to potentially poisonous chemicals in the potato. This is a potato. This, this is, is like potato. the white bread this of the a, vegetable family. A... <laughs> I can't take credit for that joke. That was totally in the article. I read. Oh, actually? <laughs> yeah. The person who wrote the article? Yeah, the person who wrote the oh, article made up that joke. Who is that? Can we give him a shout out? Uh, I don't remember. I'll, I'll oh, find it's, it. it's right here. The link is right here. I'm just going to... You keep talking and I will tell the name. Loading, uh, loading, loading, loading. So that's Maggie Korth Baker. Well-written article, Maggie. Yeah, that's great. So that's the thing. We think that like traditional breeding is like inherently safer because it's what we've been doing for generations, but that means nothing. So the the real issue here is is testing this stuff before we eat it, right? That's that's the important part. Yeah. It's not about how we alter these things. Yeah. It's It's about whether or not the end result is is safe or not. Something that we want. Yeah, exactly. Is it safe for human consumption? Is it going to do what we want it to do? That's the whole thing. Yeah. And that has no bearing on whether or not something is... Your body can't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, no, it shouldn't, right? Your body has no idea. By so, what mechanism would it even... Because it's just... Yeah, how could it? So, for example, uh, we're going to talk about golden rice. And uh, it's just the rice that has beta-carotene, like we said. And your body gets the rice, and it is full and happy, and it also gets the vitamin. Your body 
can't tell that that vitamin is from anywhere other than a, a normal vitamin source. <laughs> Your body has no idea. Yeah, it's a chemical. It's which the same is why chemical. that's why you know you can you can take a multivitamin. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's why multivitamins like work because your body's like, oh, vitamin. I, yeah. It wasn't with food. That's weird. Whatever. Granted, you know, some vitamins require some sort of biomatrix. Just you know, it has to be in some to- type of like, specific biological. Is it like the matrix? But like biology. I've never seen the matrix. You've never seen the matrix. I know. I'm really screwing what the up. Hell, Dave? I know, right? I should probably like see. Wait, you haven't Matrix. seen Pulp Fiction either, right? I haven't seen Pulp Fiction. Reservoir either. Dogs. Oh, I love Reservoir Dogs. Oh, right, Dogs. we talked. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Is you got to see some movies. Yeah, I have a lot of. I thought up I was do. the one who didn't see the movies. <laughs> oh, right. by the way, we saw Age of Ultron this week. Oh weekend. my god. Oh my god. Holy crap! So good. That was. Oh man, it was so much better than the first one. It's probably the best movie in the franchise so far. Cap Two is pretty good. Cap Two is pretty good. Cap Guardians Two. Really oh, Guardians of the Galaxy is amazing. Also, I think. I think I would say it's between Cap 2 and Ultron for me. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. The, those, I think those three are top three. Okay. Anyway, back to GMOs. <laughs> Sorry, we had to geek out for a second there. Speaking of movies. Let's talk a little bit about how um, some genetically modified organisms actually work. Yeah. Good idea? Or nah? I like that. Or I nah. like that, yeah. Or See nah. how they can be helpful. Why we actually bother with them. Yeah. Why, why do we use GMOs? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you why, Zach. <laughs> Certain genetically modified crops are engineered to have, to basically produce their own pesticide. Or is it insecticide? Pesticide. Oh, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Insecticide is a specific kind of pesticide? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Because not all pests are insects, but... Oh. Oh, pesticide insects. covers yeah, herbicides it's just a pesticide. And, oh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention when I was reading these words earlier. <laughs> the detail I glossed over completely. Thanks, Dave. We all learned something today. Anyway. Um, these... Uh, Certain genetically modified crops are engineered to produce BT toxins, which is a crystal protein naturally synthesized by the bacterium Bacillus thuringiensis. Bacillus. Oh, that's why they call it BT because who cares what that is? That's just the species of the bacteria (laughs) that they get this gene from, and they take this little gene and they put it into a crop, and now the crop makes this pesticide that the bacteria normally makes. Um, The way these BT crystals work is that. Um, say for example, a little caterpillar climbs on and eats eats some leaves, and is like, "Ooh, this is a tasty corn." This is a tasty burger. Oh, you haven't seen that movie? What movie? So, Pulp Fiction. Oh, geez, you can't. You just we just talked about this. You I can't know. Make references that I don't know about. It. Anyway, little caterpillar yeah, taking a, a tasted caterpillar <laughs> taking, taking a bite of this corn corn leaf, and uh, so what happens is the BT crystals. Enter its bloodstream, or sorry, enter its gut, go Good. into the stomach, and bind to receptors in the gut that tell the insect to stop eating. Oh, jeez. Then the crystals proceed to break down the lining of the stomach, allowing like gut bacteria and other bad stuff in the stomach to leak into the rest of the body, and it kills the insect. Yo, that's brutal. Yeah, that's pretty rough, that's right? disgusting. I mean, that's like why you want to get an appendicitis if your appendix is about to burst, because <laughs> it's filled with like oh, bacteria yeah. and stuff that could kill you to the death even though it's good for breaking down food but it could kill you if it's just around there normally right right but the thing is these bt um toxins are very 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 host specific so different strains of bt will affect different insects so you can be very very specific with the insect you want to kill Hmm. you can you know um it's the epa the epa says that the toxins don't activate in the human gut pose no risk to human health 
Uh, it won't hurt humans. It won't hurt other animals. It won't hurt the plant. It won't even hurt other beneficial insects that are, you know, good hmm. uh, uh, pests removers. Cool. Like, for example, ladybugs who will kill aphids. Aphids. So if you have an aphid infestation, get some ladybugs. Aphid. Aphid. But yeah, so this is a very simple mechanism by which it produces a toxin that kills the exact insect that is bothering you. And so the question is, has this worked? And the answer is yes. Yes, Yes, it has. has. In fact, it has, um, let's see, between 1996 and 2011, uh, the crops have reduced insecticide applications by uh, 123 million pounds. I don't know what the percentage is on this. Let's see. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a big number, but I think it's, it's, I think it's below 10%, um, uh, reduction, but it's like a very significant, it's like, that's a significant reduction. People use less insecticide. Yeah. Which is hugely important because, you know, we've seen the effects of like DDT, for example, and insecticide that was used for a long time is really damaging to the environment. So we want to use as few, you know, pesticides herbicides insecticides as we can right because we know that those are bad so it's really it's a it's a pick your poison kind of thing and then one of them isn't actually poison (laughs) (laughs) hmm okay yeah it's hard to they've got so overall um herbicide resistant crops uh has actually increased herbicide use in the united states because now you can apply it more often to more effectively kill weeds um so you know that's sort of a a mistake in like management technology like we've used gmos to allow them to be herbicide resistant which maybe wasn't a good idea in terms of like reducing the amount of herbicide used but you can also use gmos to reduce insecticide use which has been clearly shown so gmos the concept the process of genetically modifying organism is not a problem it's uh it's introduction it's what's what what word am i looking for jeez it's the infrastructure yeah infrastructural so it's like how they're used implementation the impl- that thing that's it, it. implementation the implementation is the issue so if they're tested yeah. to be safe and the environmental impact is expected to be positive you can totally go ahead and use these things so this bt crop has is great that's incredible yeah it's a really genius really simple mechanism um so for these let me see if i can find it oh this is the golden rice never mind Anyway, that's the point, is that these things, all of these problems with GMOs are problems that are not related to GMOs. The arguments that people throw at GMOs are hugely related to something else. They're always like, oh, well, it's a problem with management. Okay, sure, that's a valid point. has nothing to do with whether or not GMOs are bad. Yep. And in terms of, like, how they actually test for the safety of these things, uh, one of the common tests is just a 90-day test where they, like grab an animal like a rat or something and feed the crap out of it with this stuff and see if anything happens right and you might say 90 days that's not much that seems like like an inadequate amount they've done longer term studies so multi-generational studies this is like two to five generations of rats which is like fed this for their whole life which is like granted it's you know a bunch of years but like you know so no difference. There was no effect of any of these things discovered in these longer, like long, long-term studies, multi-generational, as compared to the 90-day studies. And so, essentially, 90-day studies will reveal any significant problem with these crops, and they haven't. Yeah. None of these studies have shown anything like that. Any problems at all. Yeah. That's interesting. Also, the World Health Organization 
talks about how they test uh, how GMOs are tested for safety in multiple ways. So one, for example, is they test um, allergenicity, whether or not some genetically modified, you know, thing in a plant is could be allergenic to is, somebody. Is could be. Is could be. Uh, so far, they have found zero. No, so no one is none, allergic. Nil evidence <laughs> of any allergenic anything in GMOs. And this is this is all animal testing, though, right? Is that what this has been done on? I or don't. Know. That's a good question, actually. Let's find the World Health Organization's homepage. Well, not their homepage, but um, their GMO page. So, what they do is they test on. Hmm, that's a good question, actually. That's a really good point. Is it tested on animals or people? I believe it's tested on animals, and uh, essentially, given that it has no negative effect. Oh, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's tested on people. Oh, yeah. No, well, allergic, this is, this no allergic effects have been found relative to genetically modified foods currently on the market. Yeah. So this so is that's the, people yeah. eating them. And they found nothing. So when they test them before they go on the market, it's animal testing. Nothing has been found to be a problem. And since they've been on the market since 1996, still nothing has been a problem. Yeah. And remember, this is like, let me go back to, it's it's in 80, 88% of the corn is genetically modified. Uh, where are you? Um, then you've got 90% of canola, canola oil. That's a fun thing. 90% of cotton, 94% of soy, a bunch of other weird stuff that's not as prevalent. But like, you know, soy and corn, that's in a ton that's, of stuff. Yeah, that's a lot of things. I don't think anyone, anything, nothing's been found to suggest that that's the cause of anything that's negative. That's the thing. A, a lot of these problems with GMO arguments are just like, okay, show me evidence that there is actual harm. I need to see some people who are actually sick from it. <laughs> and there are none. Yeah, it's not yet been found. So link there. Um, the World Health Organization also uh, explains how gene transfer is tested. Uh, t- gene transfer from genetically modified foods to cells of your body or bacteria in your gastrointestinal tract. So, for example, you eat something and then whatever weird gene was put into it somehow gets out and gets into you. Uh, probability of transfer is very low. Uh, they encourage use that doesn't involve antibiotic resistant genes. It just hasn't happened probably is very low chance of it actually happening and they rec- they encourage avoiding it anyway yeah well they also talk about outcrossing migration of genes from genetic genetically modified plants into conventional crops or related species in the wild now it's interesting because this has actually been reported cases have been reported where gm crops approved for animal feed or industrial use were detected at low levels in the products intended for human consumption so stuff that's you know gm stuff that was in animal stuff or industrial stuff was found in human stuff hmm. which is like potentially bad because yeah. you know you don't want to put stuff that's not intended for human consumption in Into stuff that's intended for human consumption consumptive so there consum- there's a lot of countries that are adopting strategies to reduce mixing including a clear separation fields, yes that's it which <laughs> yes there you go <laughs> that's the thing they haven't found anything bad happened from hmm. that like yeah okay it's bad it, you shouldn't have you know stuff that is unapproved for human testing uh, uh, human consumption in stuff that humans eat but still nothing bad happened <laughs> so even with the scariest things like there is no evidence whatsoever that any of this is dangerous <laughs> uh, so that's good news so instead of talking about uh gmos that kill the crap out of insects how about we talk about gmos that do something a bit more 
uh, like immediately positive, like uh, golden rice. Golden rice. Yeah. Okay. You want to explain golden rice? Golden rice. We talked about this a little earlier. Is super duper neat. So, uh, it's just regular old rice that has been genetically modified to contain beta carotene, which is a vitamin A precursor. So basically, you can get vitamin A from rice, which is not normally the case. And this is a huge issue because they're in developing countries, there's a huge vitamin A deficiency issue. And vitamin A deficiency is scary as hell. Yeah, vitamin A deficiency can cause blindness and death and lots of other bad things. It's just health disabilities in general. Because vitamin A is a, you know, very vital vitamin. Vitalmin? Vitalmin. That's why they're called vitamins, dude. <gasps> oh, yeah, that was already redundant. Vital mineral, maybe. Uh, wait, what the hell? Whoa, did I just make that wait, up? Did we, wait, what's the definition of vitamin? I'm going to look it up. Why did we not know this last I time? I don't know. I feel like How that's did we not cover this in question. our diet? Yeah, that, so. that was stupid. Oh, maybe... Uh, uh, vital nutrient. Vital, the, vitamin, 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 that's, okay, sure, whatever, yeah, whatever. vitamin, All right. whatever. <laughs> Vitanute, that sounds stupid, that's probably why they call it that. Vitanute, that's stupid, alright, we'll call them vitamins, yeah. ooh, I like that, that's sexy. And we can use Vitaman as our <laughs> Vitaman. mascot, I think that's a, I'm pretty sure that's a cereal, that has an amazing commercial, Vitaman cereal. I've never heard of it. I think my mom told me about it one time. Shout out to Zach's mom. Yeah, hi mom, hope you're listening, <laughs> probably listening. Almost definitely listening. Um, so, golden rice, dude. Golden goddamn rice. Say some more stuff about it. Golden rice is... Um, the way they make golden rice is that they put two genes. Two. Two genes. From... Uh, let me find out where they come from. Um, basically, they, they take these genes, and all it is is... Uh, it's lets the rice make its rice endosperm which is a phase, <laughs> stage of life in the rice life cycle um it allows them to produce this pigment called beta carotene it's a pigment that's what the vitamin is yeah it's orange it's like carrots these are two genes it's really simple they just uh put it right in let me find out the so from a daffodil a one gene from a daffodil and one gene from a soil bacterium erwinia uridorvora Hashtag Irwin. I mean, nickname Irwin. Why did I say hashtag shit? Hashtag. That's not the right Wow. <laughs> Too much Twittering. I'm sorry. <laughs> no such thing. But yeah, this is <laughs> two genes from really pretty simple things that allow now allow this rice to produce beta carotene. Yeah. So that sounds like a good idea. Um, so was it implemented? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was King Vitamin Cereal. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> King Vitamin. King Vitamin. So... It's it's won a lot of uh, awards for like patents of like for humanity. You know, it's like wow, this is a really good idea, genius idea. And there are a lot of people who are very much against it. Why? Because it's scary. Uh, you know, one of these groups that's against it. What? Greenpeace. <sighs> that's because yeah. they hate the color orange. That's what it is. Yeah, but green isn't even across some orange in like the color wheel. It's blue and orange and green and red. Yeah, but still not green. Oh, so they hate all they colors. They went rice apparent for them, rice has gone from being a neutral white to being another faction, orange. And they're uh, okay. pissed about it. White at least has green in its color spectrum. <laughs> Turns right? out Greenpeace is just like really volatile and like childish. Oh wait. Turns out we already knew that. Yeah, that's actually the case. <laughs> Are we going to get sued for, like, defamation? <laughs> as long as we can if we say things that actually happen, right? <laughs> that's, that's true. Greenpeace has been fighting against golden rice 
and which is super bad because uh honestly uh, i'm reading an article from scientific american that explains how golden rice opponents should be held accountable for health problems linked to vitamin a deficiency so uh two agricultural economists one from technical university of munich the other from university of uc berkeley they've quantified the price of opposition to golden rice that's like prevented its implementation yes yeah so they said their study published in the this is from scientific american their study published in the journal environment and development economics estimates that the delayed application of golden rice in india alone has cost one million four hundred twenty four thousand life years since 2002 that sounds weird life years is a weird metric they say they explain this here it's um it accounts for not only the people who die, but also for the blindness and other health disabilities that vitamin A deficiency causes. So it's like, this is how many years were wasted because people died early when they could have avoided it by having vitamin A. So if you're opposing golden rice implementation, that's a million and a half years of human life that have gone to waste because we're opposing something on grounds that are stupid. This we is have, so dumb. It Literally, Greenpeace's argument is that um uh that golden rice has a potentially positive outcome and a potentially negative outcome oh. because gm is bad <laughs> really what what the actual thing is it's a guaranteed positive outcome and no evidence of a negative outcome yeah no evidence for predicting a negative outcome <laughs> and they're going with the bad one they're choosing the one that has no evidence for it, and they're saying GMs are, GM golden rice is bad, when this could save millions of lives, mostly children. Yeah, just to add the emotional appeal there, most of the children who went blind or died because they didn't have access to golden rice were children. Six hundred seventy thousand children under the age of five die every year from vitamin A deficiency around the world. Seems like we should like fix that, right? Yeah, <laughs> almost by introducing this crop, seems like it would be pretty easy. Um, it's interesting. Um, so, also from the Scientific American article, article anti-GMO uh, groups have threatened to trash crop fields that were like used for testing. You're like, oh, screw this rice, we're going to destroy it. Or I think it was wheat, actually. But anyway, they were going to destroy crop fields that were going to be used for testing. And so the researchers uh, made a statement about this. You have described genetically modified crops as, quote, not properly tested. Yet when tests are carried out... You are planning to destroy them before any useful information can be obtained. We do not see how preventing the acquisition of knowledge is a defensible position in an age of reason. Oh, sick burn. burn. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty rough. That's like a really like, that's harsh. That's, pre- that's pretty brutal. You know, it's this is really what they're saying to people who are, you know, really just arguing from not science. Yeah, this, looks is, like this happened st- in the UK st- in 2012. Studies have found that golden rice poses no risk to human health, and multiple field tests field tests with people have taken place with no adverse side effects to the participants. This shit is golden. This idea is golden. Yeah. And so is the rice. Also, it looks awesome. If yeah, you just honestly, it looks rice, really tasty. Super cool. Like, I know that's probably not, like, a good argument, but it, like, looks tasty. <laughs> I mean, but, like, this is one, like, humanitarian stuff. awards, Patents for Humanity Award. Um, it's... Yeah. It's one. It's a, this is an incredible, incredible thing that has been invented and is being stopped because people are afraid of things they don't understand. Absolutely absurd. You want to talk about another GMO that's been sort of in the news recently? Is this the mosquitoes? 
mosquitos. Mosquitos. So I'm sure you've all heard of the genetically modified mosquitos that uh, researchers were planning to release in Florida. I had actually totally forgotten about this until you talked about it earlier. So yeah, this this was kind of a big thing uh, like a year ago, maybe last summer. I don't, I don't really remember, but it was kind of a big thing a while ago. Now, people are very worried about these mosquitoes. They're like, oh God, you're releasing genetically modified mosquitoes in order to stop the lower the mosquito population okay but what if they bite me and i turn into a vampire that's yeah, the argument right that's, yeah that's the whole that's it it's about if you turn into a vampire well the <laughs> argument there is vampires don't exist oh well they probably don't exist you don't know that for sure you haven't proven they, that they don't exist uh it's not up to me to prove burden of proof yo oh is that how it if, works if you claim a thing it is your job to prove it is not others job to prove you wrong interesting uh-huh just a little side note out there for all of you future scientists anyway <laughs> mosquitoes what they were actually worried about is them biting getting bit by a gm mosquito and having some sort of genetically modified gene weird ass gene inserted into their body so by by like mosquito spit yeah we'll put its mosquito dna yeah in its in its spit which uh-huh. definitely contains dna right no yeah. Yeah. That's why cheek swabs. Oh, yeah, cheek swabs. That's yeah. why cheek swabs are a thing. Sure. Okay. No. It's a kind of a valid point. All right. It's a little There's worrisome. Some saliva going into. Yeah, that's more reasonable. Except for all of the evidence that says no. Oh. For example, the genetically modified mosquitoes they're releasing are boys. So? All boys. Male mosquitoes don't bite. Oh. Only female mosquitoes take blood meals. Oh, that's a weird... Take blood meals. That yeah, that's a, like the actual like. That's really that's what weird. It's Take blood meals. It's Take like blood you know meals. when they lay eggs, they have a lot of blood in their system to feed their babies. Take blood meals. Males don't bite humans. Males don't bite animals. Males don't take blood. So, <sighs> okay, so they that, wouldn't bite you. So there goes that argument entirely. All right. Also, jeez, this was already tried twice: once in the Cayman Islands and once in Brazil. Nothing happened. 96% of the population of mosquitoes was suppressed. Who? So it's suppressed because they were all, these were a bunch of sterile males that they released. A bunch of sterile males. So what happens is, um, it's actually, um, so <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, these mosquitoes are, have a gene that kills fertilized eggs. So these, um, these mosquitoes are, they get a gene, they mate with a female, and what happens is that when they pass down this gene to their children, it kills the baby mosquitoes before they get to adulthood. So it wipes, it basically like takes a lot of, it takes a lot out of their population because okay. they die before they, you know, can be adults and bite people. So they uh, got this gene. It's like kind of a cocktail from coral, cabbage, the herpes virus, and oh. E. coli. Nice. Now, four of those, two of those four things, three of those four things are terrifying. A terrifying cocktail. E. coli, genes. herpes, and cabbage are just absolutely frightening. I know. <laughs> But, <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Sure, that kind of sounds like a scary thing, except we know exactly what the gene will do. We know exactly what it does. Yeah, because we're not we're not just putting E. coli into mosquitoes and sending them off into the world. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, that's not coli how it works. people. So it's like it's a scary thing. Like, oh god, they have herpes and E. coli in it and cabbage. Well, it's a gene oh, cabbage, no. from those things <laughs> that sort of kills the baby mosquitoes. And so these male mosquitoes meet, mate with the female mosquitoes, and the female mosquitoes lay eggs, and uh, the eggs hatch, and then the babies die, and then you have a lot fewer mosquitoes, 
which is good because um dengue fever dang dengue fever is also known as bone break fever oh um it's apparently one of the worst feelings ever it's like just ungodly fever vomiting joint Mm. ache it's like it's like super flu it's like the worst and lots of people die millions dengue fever is an awful disease that affects millions of people each year many die and most of the people who die are children uh why is it always the kids dengue fever is a bacteria or sorry a virus my mistake don't mess those don't mix those up it's a virus that is passed by a mosquito it survives in the mosquito's body and makes its way to the mouth and then when a mosquito bites you it goes into your body and can kill you it gives you dengue fever which is bad so uh the way people have thought to sort of stop the spread of dengue fever is to stop the mosquitoes just lower the population of mosquitoes you're going to lower the population of bites which like seems like a good idea at first and it's like that's the thing that's what it's used for and it worked twice in the cayman islands and brazil and it can't hurt people no adverse side effects have been reported dave third time's the (laughs) anti-charm oh yeah how could i forget the age-old saying third time's the (laughs) anti-charm so Another way people have started to fight these mosquitoes is fogging with pesticides, like just fogging everywhere. What? And people close their doors and windows that, when the fogging no. truck goes by because mm. they don't want pesticides well, in the yeah. house. But the mosquitoes are live indoors a lot. <laughs> so you're, you know. They're just like tiny humans living in a house. genetically modified mosquitoes will actually make a beeline for the dangerous mosquitoes because they're trying to have sex with them. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and as we all know, an animal trying to have sex, you know. It will find its. Yeah. It will find its target. But that's the sound they make, probably. Uh, yeah, I think mosquito sex probably sounds like that. Yeah. Except a little more high pitched and quieter. Right. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Except more buzzy, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I can't buzz and make that now. We oh, one of us buzz, one of us. Nah, forget it. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's the point of these mosquitoes is that they're a much better option than fogging with these pesticides because. Fogging with pesticides is a terrible idea. <laughs> Let me just, just hit me up some with some insecticide right in the mouth. Give yeah, just, aha. <laughs> it's like walking to the perfume department. It's <laughs> awful. Oh, God. Uh. Instead of even remotely smelling good, yeah, it's, just it's just slowly like, oh, this, killing you. This tastes bad, but it kind of smells good. But it's really just like, oh, I think I'm going to, this tastes like cancer. <laughs> However, there are some actually valid scientific arguments against this. For example, suppression of the disease may make it worse. Uh, there's no cross immunity if you don't let people like get bit by mm-hmm. weaker forms of uh, dengue fever, weaker strains. You could get you know worse fevers. Right. So that's the thing. You don't get without without getting bit a lot. You don't have cross immunity to related dengue viruses. So basically, when you, you have fewer bites, if you don't get rid of all the the, the dengue, that's the thing. Fever, you also don't get rid of all the mosquitoes. Yeah, yeah. So this is the kind of discourse we need to have. These are the kind of arguments that need to be brought. Uh, brought forth these are good arguments against a genetically modified tool and i get that and that's understandable and that's a valid point and that's scientific and makes sense yes so but it doesn't mean we rule out gm uh, genetically modifying genetically modified organisms as a tool entirely yeah that's stupid genetically modifying things are just it's another tool that doesn't always make sense to use so you want to put a screw into a wall? Let me go get my hammer. No, no, that's probably not the one you want. You should yeah. probably grab something else. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. 
No, you, you don't go, no, no, you can beat someone to death with a hammer. Don't use that. Yeah. It's like, no, okay, that's not a good argument for it. <laughs> so um, there's other ways. There's, so another argument against the genetically modified mosquitoes is that the mosquitoes are only a vector. They only carry the disease. They're just a vector. It's not the mosquitoes' fault. Aedes aegypti, aegypti is... As opposed to like a tensor? They, um, that doesn't make sense to you. I'm sorry. I don't think anyone will get that. Material it's science joke? It's, I mean, it's I didn't more than material it. science. It's okay, but people. Yeah, don't worry. I didn't we get it We just learned about it this semester. But, so there were other researchers who vaccinated the mosquitoes with Wolbachia, which mm-hmm. is the type of bacteria that apparently is Wolbachia. a little complicated, but what it did was it basically stopped the uh, uh, dengue fever virus from being transmitted. Damn. And so they vaccinated mosquitoes, and then they went door to door to ask people for their consent to release the mosquitoes. Because hmm. mosquitoes will only travel within, like, not very far. Okay. Like, how 100 length? meters, Yeah, I think, from their area. Okay. So, you know, they went door to door to ask people if it was okay to release these mosquitoes, which is, you know, a valid point, because another argument against the mosquito releasing is that like well you're not getting our consent to release these mosquitoes it's like okay well they should have your consent but it's valid that you want to give your consent yeah yeah so like i said these are the arguments that need to be brought up not oh gm foods are scary or they'll make chemicals happen or they're just it's not any sort of valid anything oh wait this is good oh shane just got here just in time for us to discuss another issue the last issue of the show we can have a nice long conversation about it that mic that over there works in those headphones as well sir here he comes hello Whoa, oh my oh, jesus that's that loud. Super okay. loud oh my god i just sprinted here hey shane you made it for the last 15 minutes of the show Fantastic. this is actually perfect i mean it could have it would have been better if you were here the whole time but this is the next best thing next All best right. thing yeah you can handle that so i don't know how much you've listened I listened to the past, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, because... Okay, fine. Well, I was doing things before that. That's stupid. <laughs> anyway. For anyone, for anyone who's wondering, I wasn't here because I was conducting Cayuga's Watchers trainings. For anyone who hasn't heard of Cayuga's Watchers, go to CayugasWatchers.org. Really? Please. Really? You're going to plug you your group you know now? What? You show up late and then plug we your group? We really need it, really? okay? <laughs> you, you person with your face and your presidentialness. Yeah, are you, like, the president or something? I might what? be the president. <laughs> anyway, so... We've been talking a lot about GMOs today. I heard that. Uh, they're pretty okay. I heard people being pretty stupid about gold corn. People are... Uh, golden rice. 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 See, on. he wasn't even gold here. Rice. Wasn't even, uh, uh, golden rice. Corn is already close. gold. You idiot. I know. As I said it, I realized it didn't make any sense. Um, basically, our main arguments are GMOs have had no evidence of bad things, and traditional breeding is not inherently safer than genetic modification. Okay. Uh, there's all sorts of good assume, uses for genetic modification. Like, more shit would go wrong if you tried to breed mosquitoes with E. coli than if you selectively took a single gene out of E. coli and put them in mosquitoes. Yeah. Not that you could ever really breed, breed a mosquito with E. coli anyway. I mean, it turns out mosquitoes are like sex hounds. We talked about this. We yeah. talked about mosquito sex noises. I heard you missed oh, that. I, oh, you I heard that heard one? Heard the sex okay. noises. What do you think? Do you think it was like accurate? I like sex. Really? Like Better than. One. I was like, ah. you sure that wasn't that didn't tickle you? That didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! That didn't right, tickle well, your. Innards. I guess I'll have to work on my mosquito sex noises. Yeah, you got to practice, man. <sighs> All right, what's our what's our last the lastest most finalist uh, ultimate thing? And this is sort of a big one in terms of like hot issues today. The issue of whether or not we should label GMO foods products mm, in like, stores. Yeah, okay. So, um, the general argument for it is that 
It's like freedom of choice. People should know what they're putting into their bodies. They should know whether or not a food genetically modified or not. The argument against it is, who the hell cares? It's not any different, says science. The American Medical Association is against labeling because it's stupid. (laughs) The American (laughs) Medical Association says it's pointless. Yeah, I mean, well, so, so like... Well, they said it would be... The American Medical Association... Association said it would be a useless endeavor or potentially counterproductive unless it was paired with uh, comprehensive consumer education, which would be impossible. Which yes. would be impossible, as we all know. People which is who so want to sad. be stupid are amazing at remaining stupid. <sighs> yep. Um, so, what's a quote from C.S. Lewis? Uh, you try to make yourself stupid, you end up succeeding more often than you think. Something like that. I forget what the exact what? quote is. It's, <laughs> I have no it, idea. Whatever. It's whatever. related. Anyway, um, uh, you know, I mean, I feel like if that's the case, then you have to literally just like anytime we've bred two different kinds of fruit together, you have to be specifically that's notified. That's the thing. It's or not like anytime, every time you buy a banana, you must be notified that we've spent a thousand years breeding only the best banana trees so that we could get good bananas. Yeah, and then do we have to mark like, oh, so this one, this is genetically modified using this specific process. Yeah, yeah that's right. This one is traditionally bred using, but this kind of traditional breeding. Oh, yeah. this one used mutant breeding though. At, yeah. at this like, point, it's like completely useless. Like now you're just telling people so much, because all of that, none of that information is helpful because it doesn't have anything yeah. to do with the health of the food. Right. Exactly. This isn't like labeling something might contain nuts where it's important for someone's allergy or gluten yeah. if they have celiac because disease. Because genetically modified foods are not some sort of monolithic entity. You, yeah. You have a genetically modified food. It could be one made from a thousand different ways. It's well, not, not to mention and, made from and none of those ways are harmful to yeah, you. Yeah, also that. But it's just the point is that like labeling <laughs> it would be entirely crazy because you can't just, okay, so this is GM versus this is not GM. Yeah. Well, it's like, what well, kind of GM? That's, right. that's That would be what you'd want anyway yeah 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 right it's it's fairly useless so i found this interesting it's not even it's just weird it's a strange argument um and i'm glad you're here because it somewhat relates to you shane not that it actually does because because it's strange well you'll see oh, where the hell did Ooh, it got go? him da, 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 da. Want a shout out to sam because he's home right now and is listening and told me to shout out so <laughs> shout out so I, hey, I found Sam. this. I found this paper. It's called uh, "Ideological and Epistemic Crossovers: The Genetically Modified Food Labeling Controversy." There's like yeah. a handful of like philosophical yeah. papers on the arguments oh for and against genetically modified organs. It's very strange. There's, there's, for anyone who says like, I'm sure you guys have brought this up, but like anyone who says there's like not enough research into GMOs to determine whether they're bad, there is more research in GMOs than literally any other single topic I've tried to research. It's pretty it's ridiculous. It's insane how yeah. much research people have done. I have about a billion tabs open, and yeah. I'm just, I'm like rounding down. <laughs> so. Yeah, I can't, there's not a single letter in the any of his tabs. Yeah, it's actually. All, it's just only the icons. Yeah. Yeah, the age, it's for um, the FDA says the agency is not aware of any information showing that foods derived by these new methods differ from other foods in any meaningful or uniform way, or that, as a class, foods developed by the new techniques present any different or greater safety concern than foods developed by traditional plant breeding. For this reason, the agency does not believe that the method of development of a new plant variety, blah, 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 is normally material information within the meaning of some standard they have that would be required to be disclosed in labeling for food. So it's just like what the, basically the FDA goes. This makes no sense. It'd be a waste of time and money and effort, yeah. and would provide no benefit to anyone. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> I see. Yeah. So have you guys talked about Chipotle yet? Yeah, we did. did. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, good. that was that was our Chipotle first. Super dumb. Yeah, they're, they're super dumb. But this is this is this is very much related to that, right? Like, yeah, exactly. They're like explicitly avoiding GMO foods, and meanwhile, all science they're they are just encouraging. Yeah, yeah we, people we to be morons because like this all the, the science, all the things we're talking about says like even labeling them as different is stupid and useless. We talked about this earlier. They're not even avoiding GMOs. They're just switching the ones that they have, and they're not avoiding the ones in their meat or their sodas all they're doing is changing their oil yeah they, oh, wow. they switched to cooking oil from genetically modified soybean oil to non-genetically modified sunflower oil and one other one i think but and they switched out all their gm corn with non-gm corn and that's it that's it that's the whole that's uh, so all they their did. their animals still eat primarily genetically modified uh food because which they, is fine they, have, they you know <laughs> have so many animals to feed us they have to feed that many animals that much more food right which is so they have to get that so, high yield crops, yeah. genetically modified. This is just related to that. We were at BJ's like a week or two ago, and uh, my girlfriend Colleen was looking for peas, like frozen peas. <laughs> and she goes and she grabs like a giant bag of frozen peas, and she looks at it and she goes, "Ah, damn! Do you think they have like? Do you think they have GMO peas somewhere? <laughs> they specifically said no GMOs." And she was like, "But the GMO ones are cheaper. Yeah. Why wouldn't I buy the GMO ones?" And like. Before I knew the cheaper thing, I thought she was just like being hilarious. <laughs> like that's the sort of thing I do. Like, oh, there's not enough gluten in this cereal. It's <laughs> like being contrarian just for the sake of it, but it was it was pretty hilarious. Probably the funniest thing I've ever heard in a BJ's. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy it. Yeah. That's, not that none, no jokes about like the name of the store that were funnier. You feel like people usually make this outside. I've never heard one inside. Yeah, you always make it right before you yeah. get. Oh, I guess that's true. On the way. Also, you don't want to like you don't want to hear like you know the employee. You don't want the employees to like yeah. hear you make the joke like BJ's. <laughs> I'm 13 years old and I think <laughs> BJ's is funny. And <laughs> Another argument is that such a label statement, particularly in the current climate, which is oh yeah, back to GMOs, falsely implies the food is less safe than conventional foods. So by by labeling it GMO, right, falsely implies right, that exactly. Agreed. Conversely, a label claim of GMO free might falsely imply that such a food is safer and better than GMO containing foods. So even the reverse, right, choosing like having it required to label things GMO free also doesn't. Yeah, it equivalently it makes no sense. And if anything, and if some product wants to be special and say, "Hey, we don't have GMOs," they can take it upon themselves to say, yeah. "We're GMO free." Right? Like find some enforced. standard. There, there can be a standard that defines whether or not something is GMO or not. And it's funny because it's very doubtful how many things would actually pass like yeah. good regulations right. on yeah. what is right. GMO free. Because Chipotle's food wouldn't. Yeah, Which is fine. Yeah, GMOs right. are totally fine. Yeah, right. The point <laughs> it's is, just, just, it doesn't matter, but the point is that like, it, it matters so little that this is something that people who are claiming to avoid GMOs... GMOs. 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 That's cows. Um, GM that's, cows. That's GM cows. Yeah. <laughs> we call them GMOs in the industry. Um, <laughs> no, so uh, but people who are claiming to avoid GMOs just aren't because it would be pretty much impossible because that is the most reasonable way... Oh, oh you're GMO-free? Oh, have fun starving. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> that the uh here's another trees are pretty tasty <laughs> another argument um the cost of labeling is far more than just the ink and the sticker uh so apparently it would impact prices a little bit make them go up due to because people know, wouldn't buy them as much yeah and people wouldn't buy gmos and so you'd have to make them more expensive yeah so and then so this will disproportionately affect the poor because that's they currently GMO food because yeah, it's cheaper. Yeah, it's cheapest. The more processed food, the more GMOs. Wow. That's yeah. fucked up. That's amazing. So it will actually 
it could potentially have a, It'll, a, a yeah. far more negative effect on the poor. Yeah. So basically, like this is another example of fuck poor people. Yeah, it keeps happening. It just, it just it keeps happening, and I'm not sure why. So let's but this go to, is not a politics. Let's show. go to one so. uh, in 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 favor. So the typical one, someone who, for whatever reason, this literally is what this says. I, they probably didn't write it in that in that manner, but that's yeah. the way I just said it. Uh, wants to know whether GMO ingredients are in their food. Should be able to expect a clear label that indicates whether their food has been gen- genetic, genetically altered. Given Maybe. that, like. Potentially, like why? I don't like. You could say that about literally every characteristic of food. Like, why don't they like? Do they want to know specifically, like, if a certain pesticide was used on that food? Like, it doesn't say that on. The it almost label. seems like that's a better question. Yeah, that would actually that be. That is, in fact, a significantly that. better question. That's yeah. why I brought it up. But yeah, like that's something that people should be far more concerned about, and isn't required to be on their food labels. Like. Because even that is not important enough. Mm-hmm. And that's it's certainly more important. Yes, certainly. Especially because pesticides have had known cases, yeah, exactly. long histories yeah. of negative effects yep. when yeah. used too 100%. much. Whereas genetically modified foods have had none. Yeah. None whatsoever. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's sort of, it's like there's no precedent for doing something like this for other things and in fact there is like opposite precedent Zach is holding his hand over his mouth so I assume he has something amusing this to is say. the one we'll, we'll, I'm gonna oh read boy. one other one first and then we'll okay. get to one that I thought it was very strange before and is still strange now okay. it shouldn't have, there's no reason it should have gotten less strange it's crazy okay so this is one is more reasonable many consumers believe that GM food crops are unethical and violate religious dietary laws including kosher rules against hybridization is that a thing that's a thing okay um, a coalition of groups, including representatives of Jewish, Buddhist, Muslim. That's interesting that they're they spelled it with an O. Yeah, yeah, that and, happens. And e. Is it a UK, I thought that was like an older UK thing? thing to do. This still, it still happens. Okay, I've seen it spelled that. Way. And Christian denominations is presently suing the USFDA for failing to label those foods. Similarly, vegetarians are concerned. Oh wait, that's the next part. We'll get there. Um, okay. <laughs> so that one, you know. Yeah, I mean, okay, so that's like that's like a valid. So. Question: Is everything does everything that's sold need to be labeled whether or not it's kosher? Only things that are kosher have to be labeled kosher. They don't have right? to be labeled oh. kosher. Oh, but that's yeah. If you want them to it's, buy, if you oh, label yeah. it kosher, so you could. It has so to no be one kosher. should be required. It's literally the same Certain thing. People it's should market to GMO free. It's just that people who are labeling their food kosher have to make sure not to be using GMO food because okay. GMO food could potentially not be kosher. Which, for the record, for anybody listening. Kosher is by no means a healthy way to eat. <laughs> it is not necessarily unhealthy, but the restrictions are arbitrary as shit and have nothing to do with your health. So they may have originally. I th- I, right. Yeah, that's well, sort of yeah, why they developed. Sort of the certain point. arguments for why it could have. Not all of the rules. Some of them. Are oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. some of them are. Quite yeah, hundred percent. But some of the rules definitely could have been not due to like how difficult it is to prepare for some foods. I mean, there's a five hundred and twelve regulations. On wow, it's, that's a nice round number. Five twelve. That's nice. Arbitrary. I like that. It's not bad. It actually might be six twelve. So oh, that's okay, upsetting. <laughs> similarly, I don't know if this is similarly. Vegetarians <laughs> are concerned about ingesting animal DNA by eating, for example, fish animal genes DNA. that have been inserted into tomatoes. And then someone else goes, thus, it is scientifically untenable to claim, as the biotechnology industry and regulatory agencies wish to do, that the rabbit hexokinase gene is no longer a rabbit gene once it is introduced into a tomato plant. No matter how many generations the gene is propagated, the rabbit gene is propagated in tomatoes, the gene still corresponds in information content to the rabbit gene, and the catalytic and kinetic properties of the enzyme still correspond to those of the rabbit gene. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life! It may not be rabbit material... 
but it is still rabbit information. Okay, so f- did you hear that? Thing, did you hear yes, what I just I said? I heard, I heard. So here's the first thing that's like the most obvious. The first most obvious thing is, why are these people vegetarian? The only valid reasoning <laughs> I've ever heard be- for being vegetarian, and it is extremely valid, is to avoid unnecessary animal cruelty. A gene from an animal will not cause animal cruelty. <laughs> unless you're killing the animal for the gene. Unless you are killing... But it's not inherent in obtaining a gene from an animal. And consuming that gene certainly does not contribute <laughs> to animal cruelty. Especially not because the gene contains information about that animal. You better not eat carbon-based the, anything because yeah. that's an animal's too. Okay, the second most important obvious flaw in this logic is... Dave, what percentage of our DNA is equivalent to a dandelion? Uh, 50. Okay. 50%. So every time you eat, I don't know, any plant ever, pretty much guaranteed that 30 to 50% of that plant's DNA is literally equivalent to yours. So that's the dumbest argument I've ever heard. That just in my shows a complete life. non-understanding, not misunderstanding. I'm going to say non-understanding <laughs> of Anything that has to do with DNA. Yep. Yeah, that's hilarious and preposterous. What? That's literally the dumbest thing He's ever saying heard. somehow that the fact that you took it, they moved it from an animal to a plant makes it worse than just being in a pr- plant. It doesn't... What if the plant just happened to develop... Hap- right. It's like, so what if they just simultaneously like, develop the same thing? Or which happens develop- all the yeah. fucking time. I- also, this is like bits of letters. That's not... I know. You but, can't... But also it's just- not like... Okay. It's, it'd, be, it'd be like... That's the you're making the same argument as like oh you plagiarized this essay because you used the word the, <laughs> wow, and yes, this yeah, paper used the word basically the. basically it. That's no, I, that's just the same. It's just no, no, no. It's the, only an issue if you went to their original document, copied and all pasted of their thes, the the, yeah, just one, just one, and put it in. And no matter how many times, oh you, yeah, just we. No matter how many times you print out that same thing or make copies of it, every copy that still is from that original, from the original document. That's the exact That's plagiarism they're making. Yeah. That, that would somehow be plagiarism. And somehow, if you hate the original article, you must then hate the new article yeah. that copy and paste. Because clearly the new article is... Because the tainted. new article is derived from that other one. And contains information explicit to it. This so I, th- I think that's a good ironic. analogy. I think that's a good analogy. I think so too, and it makes me real sad because it's the dumbest thing probably ever. All right. That's outstanding. I think we've... Uh, any any last... Uh... I'm still in awe. <laughs> How did someone come up with that? You had to be trying. There's That's a the dude. Most, <laughs> so forced. That's like someone was like, damn, I actually can't think of a single valid reason. John Let's just stretch it as far Fagan. as Fagan? possible and hope that people who don't know how DNA works will get behind us. This guy claims that groups with such concerns are growing, and these diversified there consumer are dozens rationalities of us. should not be <laughs> Literally discounted. Literally dozens! <laughs> damn. What wow, a guy. Atrociously stupid. Ugh. <sighs> See, I wanted you here for that because I'm I knew glad it would be I was great. here for that. <laughs> I, as a vegetarian, I'm glad I could say that's the dumbest thing I've heard in a really long time. This is why people hate vegetarians. It's so obnoxious. That's literally why. Because so many people who call themselves vegetarians are, in fact, morons. Yeah, no, it's mostly just because they're late to stuff. Hey, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, got him. The worst. Okay. Hmm. This guy, so this guy who wrote this paper expected to see a lot of crossover and flip-flopping within the two, like, pro and anti-GM camps. 
like on, on like GM like when it comes to this issue. So this is the person who was pro GM. This is just the person the who wrote this article. This oh, okay. thing I'm Dude, reading this with is all just these. an agglomerative article. Yeah, it's sort like of he was analyzing. Oh, I like that word agglomerative. Yeah, it's great. That, that roll off the tongue. So this person basically compiled a whole bunch of quotes from either side. Um, to like analyze whether there was any ideological crossover, flip flopping, or oh, internal okay, inconsistency okay. Um, throughout this whole <laughs> Just debate. Just a little bit. And he was like, "Wow, I'm kind of surprised. These camps are highly polarized and relatively internally consistent." Huh. That's good. I'm glad everyone's so that's consistent in their absolute <laughs> idiocy. At least in the written documents studied. Okay. Um, <sighs> Fair enough. Although, like I said, this is like one of the most heavily studied and written about, like. Things in science, so I'm sure there's a lot of inconsistencies elsewhere. Yeah. Like oh, certainly. Must be. But yeah, holy crap. Hmm. Yeah, he's doing some weird analysis. I found another article that was like, what is this? It's the tacit epistemology of the GMO debate. A case Love study. That word epistemology. Um, and then so I started reading this, and I was like, oh man, he used he used the word paradigmatical paradigmatical and i cool. immediately like to, i was like oof this is going somewhere <laughs> oh, like dangerous that. it's like, like i've cool. never seen that word used right before. i was it's like great. that can't be real <laughs> you just made that up at the beginning it seemed that a specter was haunting the maze of europe the specter of the european corn borer <laughs> an insect whose favorite food is corn however its bite is lethal for corn and causes devastating and irreversible damage to the maize harvest and to production. This is what spurred the development of BT maize. This is the oh. that, that sort of thing going on. Bacillus thuringiensis. Ah, oh, fuck! I, swear. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Yeah, BT is fine. I don't know. I free, I'm not entirely sure what this is about. This article, but it like it was kind of interesting to read and hard to understand. And I only read like <laughs> two paragraphs, so I'm probably gonna read it more later. All right, perfect. Yeah, but I'll I think post it on the blog. We've covered. Yeah, we have to do for that. anyone who like, wants to. We've covered it. Clubbered. Clubbered. Clubbered it. Clubbered it. Don't you worry, guys. All right. It's all clubbered. Well, that's GMOs. Yeah, I think we've... Uh, well, kids, yeah. go out there and eat your genetically modified foods because they're delicious and tasty and safe. And potentially... And there's no evidence that shows up vitamins otherwise. in them in some cases. <laughs> at the very least, cost less. At, yeah. at the very least, the very absolute worst is like... Better. Cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> go science. Is like only Ooh. cheaper and yeah, nothing exactly. else. Wonderful. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming, Shane. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you guys next week. Maybe? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Why not? I'll still All be right. around. Yeah, I'll we'll be do here. It. All right, we'll do it. We'll be killing it. All right. Yeah, that'll be like our last show for the yeah. semester. Yeah, probably. <sighs> oh, Shangus, man. Come, make sure you're here. Hang out. We'll have a party. I'll bring. Pizza party? We should have a pizza party. We, we should can't. do something. We're eating here. They don't need to know that. <laughs> We're saying it on air right now. They'll just now. hear us be like. <laughs> Radio people, forget that we're talking about pizza. No one's I hope listening. Christy's not listening. <laughs> Christy, we are not going to eat pizza in the it's studio. Okay, we'll just build a big ladder and rest with like a yeah, exactly. on top, we'll rest it outside, outside the window. Yeah, perfect. Just like lean out the window when you take a bite. It's yeah. fine. It'll be fine. It'll work super well. All right. All right well, that was scientifically speaking. We are yeah. on cornellradio.com. The local time is 7.07 p.m. <laughs> what are we, landing an airplane? Saturday, May 2nd. No, I'm trying to be NPR. Oh, is that what he do? Kind I haven't listened to NPR sometimes. that much. I read I, the articles sometimes. I don't know. I've never listened to a show all the way through. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Are we ever going to leave? We're never going to leave. We're just going to stay here and continue our ending, our <laughs> sign-off for like the next hour and a half. I don't I have, have any homework, do. guys. Oh, you do? That's a shame. Yeah, it's due at midnight. It was due yesterday at midnight. I, I have to go make sure that all of the people in our house are not like oh, yeah, dead. God, are they still here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Last night, Dave and Zach were out and... 
nine of Dave's friends showed up at our house. I think it was nine. Another one came? I'm pretty sure. Maybe there was Spot like, just miscounted. There were multiple people I didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They all just walked in, and I only knew half of them, and it was very absurd, and they filled our entire apartment. Yep. No one was home, and our whole apartment was full. I slept <laughs> somewhere else and let someone take my bed. Which is so nice. I know. And I promise I'll clean the house. I promise I'll make them clean the house. Yeah, it's a better idea. <laughs> better idea. Except they're all definitely trash right now. No, no. They no, they were asleep when we left, so they'll be fine oh, when we come back. Oh, good. Because napping fixes everything. It's true. <laughs> that's how alcohol it kind works. Of, it does. Yeah. Well, it certainly no, helps. Not at all, but it does help a little. <laughs> it's basically, napping is like a time jump. Yeah. Also, one time I slept for 16 hours straight, and I woke up, and all my calluses on my feet were gone. What the? It was amazing. And my um, calluses have any blisters. Yeah, it was great. It was after running camp. Yeah, that's like, weird as hell. Yeah, Our I parents are probably like, okay, get off. I got to start making dinner now. <laughs> I mean, you can leave. <laughs> yeah, feel free to also, stop Also, wait, listening. This, listening to the radio stops you from doing nothing but making a phone call. <laughs> it's true. Or watching TV. Yeah. No one watches TV anymore. put subtitles on? That'd be very, that's that'd be so super lame. multitasking. Speaking of which... German Dave. The Flash? Oh, what are we doing shit, that? We need to do that. That's a great show, by if the way. If anyone wants to come over and watch The Flash with me and Zach and Colleen, I don't know when we're doing it, so don't come over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's two two geek points on this show so yeah, far. Yeah, we also Perfect. we did Age of Ultron. We like geeked out. Yes! Like, put where we like put it on our Marvel movies list. Oh, so good. good. I'm not going to spoil anything, but just. It's good. It's been really upsetting because me and Dave and Zach haven't been able to like talk about it out loud since we've seen it because our housemate hasn't seen it yet. Stupid really German awful. Dave. <laughs> so upsetting. Basically what happens is that Iron Man wears a suit. Well, okay, we're going to turn you off now. All right, see ya. See ya, Zach. I... Am I still here? Yeah, I'm coming back. I'm back on. What am I doing? Where? Where's the button? Here? Here?